Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back, everybody. Bob Stoffer, Brennan S. Scott with you. Uncle Milt from Brent Ridge Ford will tell you, advertising on Oilers now works. Brent Ridge Ford has delivered their last new 2022 truck on Thursday of last week, and they are still in need of quality used vehicles. They're prepared to pay top dollar for trade-ins on or outright purchases. Remember, there is a reason Brent Ridge is a 12-time President's Award winner for customer satisfaction. If you want to be treated fairly with every aspect of your vehicle purchase and ownership, reach out to the gang at Brent Ridge Ford, 780-352-6048. And we'll tell you that guests on the show receive gift cards to Japanese Village Edmonton's favorite Teppanyaki Steak restaurant. Book your celebration for the census at jvedmonton.ca. Tell Don and the staff that Oilers Now sent you. As we head off to the River Creek Resort Casino Hotline and we welcome back to the show from the Cult of Hockey and the Provincial Affairs columnist for the Edmonton Journal, David Staples. Hello, David. How are you? Great, Bob. How are you doing? Good. We retweeted out a piece written today by Colby Kosh yesterday from the National Post, basically which illustrated that it's an across-the-board dissatisfaction uh, with the current plight of the federal liberals. I thought it was a really well... Because you couldn't really tell as he broke... You know, was he a UCP guy, an NDP guy? Anyways, uh, look, this is part of your milieu and what you do. Uh, What did you think about the election overall? Well, I think the pollsters got it right. They were predicting um, that the UCP was going to win and by almost exactly that margin of victory. So that was interesting. I thought um, Smith won because since she's been premier, she's stopped kind of the more extreme stuff or limited it and kind of has been trying to move to the middle. And, And I think that's that's what Canadians and Albertans actually crave is um, modest, humble, reasonable government um, that's not full of crazy American culture wars. I think we're all getting sick of that. And Smith would be wise to avoid it. And frankly, Bob, so would the NDP if, if you know they can get back away from all this crazy stuff coming out of the states that they're obsessed with down there and just focus on building Albert, Alberta and helping Albertans that's a government we need. Are you concerned about the fact that uh, there's no direct representation in the city of Edmonton uh, for the current provincial party that is in power? We've been here uh, before in the early 90s when Klein first won. Edmonton was shut out. And it, it was a different time in that um, there was a huge, much bigger Edmonton-Calgary rivalry then. And there was a sense that if Calgary got something, we were missing out on something. There's not, I think there's more of a feeling now in Alberta that we're all in this together and the big cities have similar kinds of problems. So I think Smith also has to do better in Calgary. They almost lost Calgary. And if she governs well in Calgary and brings in policies, they're going to help Calgary's downtown, for instance, help with um, drug addiction and crime downtown, help with the office space problems in their downtowns. If she does that in Calgary and has the same 
um, policies in Edmonton. I think kind of the overall policy program, um, if he gets it right for the cities, will benefit both cities. But yeah, it, it would be obviously be better if there was, um, you know, a third, 35% of Edmontonians voted for the UCP. And those 35% of people aren't represented uh, with a local MLA in the government. So it would be better off for Edmonton if that was the case, but that's not how our system works. Yeah. Uh, you know who's always valued rural Alberta? The Edmonton Oilers organization, because I know what percentage of our fan base comes from outside the city. And uh, you know what? People are allowed to have different views on what they place in value. And I would suggest, what people do forget that uh, the NDP did get votes in rural Alberta, did get MLAs in rural Alberta back in the 2015 election. So um, there seemed to be a little bit bemoaning and a little bit of dismissiveness of some of the people in rural Alberta. I found that to be a little bit disappointing, David. Well, I'm I'm from rural Alberta, and I just I I really find it offensive, honestly. Um, when I hear you know big city people, often university professors, if I'm honest, um, you know, berating rural Albertans for being sheep and not thinking for themselves, I just think that's ridiculous and dismissive and and out of touch with rural Albertans. And as far as the orders in rural Alberta goes, it's amazing how far people will drive. The passion uh, they have the for the team is off the charts. They do. We drove in, my dad and I, we drove in from Devon, like it's an hour drive, like again and again and again, night after night, year after year to go go to Oilers games, and it was fantastic. When I tell guys in other markets that, you know, we have, like it's minus 25 in January, and we have people driving three or four hours coming to the games because that's how much they love the team. Uh, you know, like, and these people care. And so, all right, speaking of caring, uh, we had an animated conversation with Mark Spector uh, because Vegas has gone on to the Stanley Cup final, and we said, all right, so what, give me three reasons why the Edmonton Oilers lost the playoff series. Uh as Speck did not have goaltending at the top of his list, uh, I think. <laughs> so I'm going to give the floor to you here. Uh, three reasons why Edmonton lost the series. Uh, first of all, because the Oilers had bad puck luck shooting the puck. It was just, yeah. it was, it, that's number one is bad bounces. Number two, um, bad slot defense, bad defensive structure in their own zone. Um, something they've got to figure out, and, and 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 you know they often will end up with two defensemen in the corner, or defensemen out of the blue line instead of keep instead of playing more of a zone and having always a, a big tough defenseman in front of the net. Um, I, you know I've been thinking about that, and I just think that's something they've got to address. And the third would be would be I don't think Vegas had great goaltending, but they had slightly better goaltending, and you know it was probably maybe two goals in the series. Like two goals kind of won the series, so that was the difference. So, yeah, I would have goaltending third on the list. All right. Uh, the doppelganger says goaltending, injuries, and team defense. And, again, you can text us at 780-496-0063. You know what happened as soon as we started? Uh, oh, this text says a weak right defenders, uh, a rookie, a second-year guy, and an injured top guy. Again, you can text us at 780-496-0063 on that front. Uh, so here's the thing. Um, I think it's incumbent upon the Oilers organization to grind like they've never grinded before because they have no choice. This team is pretty good. This team has a chance to win, and they have no cap space, which means you're going to have to get creative. And they got a little bit creative today by picking up Jaden Grubb. I like this pickup. Uh, the Rangers and people say, well, if he's so good, why didn't the Rangers... We, we, we don't know why a guy decides not to sign with one organization and sign with another. I mean, Steve uh, Stales 
had the Hamilton Bulldogs and Logan Morrison, who ended up with the Ottawa 67s, who, who crashed out of the OHL playoffs. Logan Morrison signed with Seattle instead of Edmonton. And Stales had the history with them, and there was an opportunity for a skilled right shot center. Well, the Oilers have signed a different type of player than Logan Morrison, uh, you know, are, are going to sign Jaden Groob. They're working on the deets as we speak. Give me your assessment on giving up a fifth round pick for a guy that Edmonton should have lots of viewings on, David. I, I like the move, and you're, you're, you're getting a slightly older player. I think the first round picks, 20, so it's a 2023 pick. So the excuse me, the fifth round pick. So you're getting a, an older player, slightly older than the, the player you would have drafted. So, and the owner's window is is when McDavid and Drysaddle limb their prime. It's if these guys resign new contracts, and I don't see any reason why McDavid and Drysaddle won't sign new contracts in Edmonton. Um, you know, Group will be 23, 24, and he could be. The, the one one thing the owners really need in terms of slot defense, like if you're going to play this man-to-man system, you're counting on your centers then to cover in the defensive slot a lot. And you need them to be super defensive, defensively responsible. And that's what Group's reputation is. He was, he was, you know, you see this again and again in his draft reports. This is a guy who is a conscientious player, who's a, who's a big guy who can defend in his own slot and along the boards. So in that, in that way, you know, he'll play, you know, a couple of years at least in uh, Bakersfield, but he should be, he's a possibility down the road uh, in three or four years as someone who could slot in in your fourth line center or third line center. center. And, uh, you know, they have another guy this year already in Bakersfield, uh, uh, Philp, who, who came on super strong at the end of the year. And he's another possibility. So I, I, the Oilers are just accumulating these kind of useful role players and uh, group could be he could be ready in a couple of years. That could be a big thing for Edmonton. All right. need a cheap player. You wrote about Darnell Nurse and Cody Cece this week, and I think there needs to be some role clarity and definition. Um, I know Darnell's a pretty good all-around defenseman. He had 40-plus points. He was over plus 20 this season. But he and Cece struggled a bit in the playoffs. What do you think the, show, the focus should be on those two guys? Well, when we see Darnell Nurse, looking bad it's often in the same circumstance and it's and it comes down to him trying to do too much he's all over the place when he's roaming all over the place that's when the goals again is scored when when Darnell Nurse is on the ice when he's just covering when he covers his corner when he keeps it simple when he when he takes guys out in the corner when he covers the front of the net and when he moves the puck fast um, he can make a great stretch pass, Darnell Nurse. When he, he can skate real quick in his own zone and make a good pass. When he keeps it simple, he is an outstanding hockey player. He could be, he could be Bob, one of the best three or four shutdown demon in the NHL. Right up there with his size, his his uh, skating ability. I just think there just needs to be a real clear definition, Darnell. We do not need you to score even 40 points in the regular season. We don't even need you to score 30. 20, that'd be good. Just don't worry about that. Do not worry about points. Your entire job is to defend the front of the net. And I and, and the player I was comparing him to in my post is Chris Russell, who in all, and Adam Larson, who in all their time in Edmonton were just outstanding slot defenders. They just limited the number of uh, grade A shots from in front of the net because they kept it simple and they protected that turf. And that's, if, if Nurse has that as, a, as his entire focus 
everything else will will fall into place for that player. And I don't think we're going to hear much criticism about his contract because it will be recognized that this guy is night after night shutting down the top attackers on other teams, which he's fully capable of doing if he just reins it in a little bit. David, great stuff. Thanks you for joining us here in Oilers Now. Thanks, Bob. Great to talk to you. You bet. It's David Staples from the Cult of Hockey and uh, Provincial Affairs columnist for the Edmonton Journal. It is 146 in Edmonton. We'll take a quick timeout. You're listening to Oilers Now. For 50 years at 149 in Edmonton, Royal Pizza has been Edmonton-owned and operated. Royal Pizza's pizza, pasta, and so much more. You can get their new boneless wings, 8 for $13.95 or 16 for $25.95. You can visit one of the 14 Edmonton and area locations at royalpizza.ca. they got spots in Calgary and in Red Deer as well. And the staffer recommendation at uh, Royal Pizza's the Mediterranean Chicken. All right, uh, I'm going to go to a quick text. Uh, Randy says there's three reasons why the Oilers lost. This Now this, I, Randy, I think you're on to something here with this first one. Round one took more energy out of the team, tougher series than Vegas had in round one. That's true. And the Oilers lost two overtime games in round number one to the LA Kings. Of course, they rallied down two games to one and three nothing in the first period of game number four uh, to come back and uh, tilt that series. Uh, the second reason Randy says the Oilers lost is secondary scoring and bottom six were not as good uh, in round two as they were in round one. And the third reason, this is interesting, Randy says, the break between round one and round two in California seems to have affected them out of the gates in round two. Maybe they should have spent it at their Bakersfield facility. Less distractions from Randy. Brendan, this is what happens. When you lose, everything gets up for debate. And they played poorly in stretches of game number one. Leon Dreisaitl shot the lights out, scored four goals. But the Oilers did not play well in game one of round two. And as a result, it gets questioned when you stay down in California instead of flying back to Edmonton and then flying back to Vegas. It kind of comes with it. That's what happens when you just like, you lose game five and game six, and if you're the head coach and you don't switch the starting goalie, and you pull the goalie in both games, you're going to get questioned. That comes with the tariff. That That's how it works. It's fair. And you know what? We've got uh, 10 hours worth of airtime each week to fill with that kind of question, that kind of query, I, right? I, you know what? I mean, I understand why the team did what they did. I would have also understood a perspective. Don't no, you're flying back to Edmonton and then you're flying back into Vegas. I... I I don't. Those decisions are made above my pay grade. All right, we are going to go to this day in Oilers history for New West Travel, serving travelers since 1979. Book your vacation today at NewWestTravel.com. The legendary Rod Phillips. 59 seconds to go. The puck to center. Huddy knocked it down to Hunter. Across the line, Gretzky goes back to get it and lobs it in with 44 seconds to go. The Oilers on the verge of winning their third Stanley Cup championship in four years. 38 seconds to go, and play has been whistled down. It is a madhouse here at Northlands in Edmonton. They are all standing. This is a dramatic and wonderful scene. All right, a bit of
of a build-up there. Glenn Anderson, Mark Messier, Yari Curry all beat Flyers goaltender Ron Hextall as the Oilers beat Philly 3-1. Game 7 of the Stanley Cup Final in front of the Northlands crowd. Oilers firing 43 shots on Hextall to beat the Flyers for the second time in three years in the big dance. Alright, so uh, I was in Clearwater, BC. Glenn Dobson, who's a local business guy here in town, uh, we were planting trees that year and uh, oh yeah it was a hell of a night that's all I'm going to tell you it was a Sunday night we watched it in the bar bought some off sales and uh, had just finished up a contract and gone into town uh, before moving camps out of uh, Clearwater uh, to head up uh, that's probably right around the time we went to Grand Prairie that year. So it's a good time. Good time. Uh, by the way, everybody in the bar uh, back in 87 in Clearwater, they were they were cheering for the Flyers. They weren't cheering for the Oilers, which made it even sweeter. Now, tomorrow, uh, we will tell you that one of our guests will be John Shannon for Legacy Heating and Cooling. Whether it's heating and cooling you need, get it with no payments and no interest for a year. That's how you build a Legacy Legacy Heating and Cooling. Mooner will jump aboard for an hour as well. Jack Michaels and Reed Wilkins and Brendan Escott will also be part of tomorrow's show as we'll make our Stanley Cup final predictions. Mine are boring. I've already said the Edmonton Oilers are going to win that series in five games. What does Reed have coming up on Inside Sports tonight? You will hear from uh, the other half of the Edmonton Elks backfield along with Kevin Brown. It's going to be Shannon Brooks who's had an excellent preseason for Edmonton on the show, along with their renowned Edmonton boxer, Jelena Mergenovich. There you go. All right, everybody, have a uh, wonderful Wednesday. I'll be back at you uh, Thursday on Oilers Now. Up next, uh, Global News Weather Traffic Update with Randy Kilburn, followed by Rob Breckenridge from 2 to 3, and then Chelsea on Chad with Chelsea Bird from 3 to 6. So long, everybody. Kevin Lowe's got it with 14 seconds remaining. He plays it off the boards to the flyer line. McCrimmon jamming it for the order line. Here is the countdown. Five. It rolls back to Hexdall. Three, two.